Hello and welcome back to another episode of Any Grammar Story Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Braylon Williams, and I'm so thankful that you are joining me today for this episode. But if you are new to the podcast, what this podcast is, is a weekly podcast of how the Enneagram can be one of the best tools to help us become better people. So before we jump into today's show, let me just tell you about something very exciting. Well, one, I'm sick of allergy season already, and it hasn't officially even started yet. If you can't tell, I sound nasty, not primarily because I just woke up, but also because of allergy season, which is not even full swing yet. So it's going to be a bad one for me this year, probably. But anyway, this week I had a dream come true. So I don't really talk about it that much on the podcast, but um, if you have been friends with me uh, for a long time, as if you grew up with me really, or family uh, members, you know that I have always been a huge fan of the Hamilton Broadway show. Um, I was a fan before it even became famous, after it won all the Tonys that in 2016, I believe it was. Um, And so... I initially started following Hamilton not too long after it went from off-Broadway to on-Broadway. So, uh, like I said, I have been a fan for a long time. Uh, But I finally, after many years of waiting, eight years at least, of waiting, I was finally able to see Hamilton live um, this past Thursday at Juanita K. Hammonds Hall here in Springfield, Missouri with the touring company that does it. That is with the cast, touring cast actually. So it was a fantastic time. Um, I was truly like a little kid who has been waiting for um, a gift forever. Um, In fact, the entire time, well, let me back up here. So when when I first started singing the first song, uh, I just start to feel tears well up in my eye of how joyous and how elated I was of this moment. But I was like, you know what? You cannot cry, Braylon. This is not a crying moment. This is not a crying moment. Tears go back away. But it, it, it wasn't a sad tear crying. It was a, oh my gosh, I can't believe this was really happening. I've waited for this moment. And here it is coming to fruition. So it was an exciting moment. I mean, the entire time I was there, um, watching the show on the outside, I was, you know, calm, cool, and collected. But on the inside, I was jumping around. My heart was racing. I, I was singing every lyric because, again, I know every lyric. Um, saying every line. Um, so I, I was, I was very happy. It was, it was a dream come true. Um, it, it would be nice to even see it again one day if I could, but. Um, it it was definitely a dream come true. I mean, I I went, I was only a couple rows out from the stage, about six or seven rows um, from the stage. So it it was a good view. It was a great experience and it was a dream come true. Um, So I am just, if you can't tell, even now, that was Thursday night and and here I am recording this on a Monday morning. Uh, I am excited. You can still just sense the excitement in my voice. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know. 
um, a lot of things in life haven't been going great for me, but to have this moment of where a dream comes true and I get to see Hamilton live, it was it was refreshing. It it was exciting. Okay, I, I'll move on. <laughs> but so what I want to talk about in today's show is simply what the title says, and I want to talk about understanding each type's stress and security point. So, and I want to do this using the aid of one of my favorite resources. Um, this resource is by Jackie Brewster, um, and it's called the Enneagram Essentials Cards. Um, and I want to, let me look at it real quick, see if it tells you how many cards. Um, so it has it's 125 cards that are kind of just like discussion starters, um, points of clarification, um, really. Uh, I actually won these during a wholehearted Enneagram um, webinar, so shout out to Amy Wicks and the team there. Um, that was a great webinar, by the way, Amy. Um, it was a great time being there. Uh, so, and again, thank you for choosing me as a winner of these cards. I have loved these cards ever since I've gotten them. Um, and although I haven't had the opportunity to use these cards in a conversation yet, just using them for myself and has been very insightful because there have been moments where I'm thinking um, about my type and trying to think of kind of where I am at the moment. I'm trying to think of an exact um, thing about type eights and I can't remember what it is. So I, I will pick these cards off, off my coffee table and I, I will look at the type eight card that is related to that. Or there's just been points where I'm curious to what a card says about type eight. So I'll pick it up and say, oh, that, that's good. And then I'll end up going through all nine types. And it's been a great resource just in my personal time. Um, but it, I know it is and will be a great resource for um, conversation. Um, so in, in fact, it's such a great resource that I am going to put a link for you to purchase these cards in the show notes from, from Amazon. So you've, you got to get your hands on these cards. They are amazing. So with that all, with all that being said, let me briefly just tell you what the stress and security point of the Enneagram is. Okay, so each type within the Enneagram has a stress and security point. What that means is when a core type is experiencing stress, um, frustration, fatigue, they will take on the unhealthy side of a, another number uh, and vice versa when they're experiencing great times of joy and satisfaction and everything seems to be going right. And so very quickly, I'll just go through what this looks like for each type and then we'll just dump, oh gosh, I can't talk. We'll just jump right into it. All right, so we'll start with type eight. So type eights go to five, and stress, twos and security. Nines go to six and stress, three and security. Ones go to four and stress, seven and security. Twos go to eights and stress, fours and security. Threes go to nine and stress, six and security. Fours go to 
Twos in stress, ones in security. Fives go to seven in stress, eight in security. Sixes go to threes in stress, nines in security. Sevens go to one in stress, and fives in security. So, that, that's just what each type goes to, but let, let's, let's break that down a little bit more here. Alright, so I'll, I'll just talk about each type one by one. Um, we'll start out with type one. Um, let me find the card. And so like I said, I'm going to be using Jackie Root Brewster's um, Enneagram Receptors cards. So I'm going to read these cards to you. And then I just want to offer some basic thoughts about it. Right. So, I'm trying to find the right cards here. I sorted them out. All right, there we go. Not like on the right side. So, one is under stress. Like I said, they go to um, the unhealthy side of fours. They become moody when they sense others do not take them are their values to sit seriously, um, resentful. Um, they feel misunderstood by others and will often withdraw to sort out their feelings. And they be they can become self-indulgent and attempt to make themselves feel better. They may even isolate themselves for prolonged periods of time. Uh, and so... For one, what I would say would be a primary tool when you kind of notice this move to stress and you know, notice this is to step aside for a moment and say, what is causing this, really this is kind of for all types really, but what, what is causing this change? Why am I becoming resentful? Why am I feeling moody? What specifically is making me want to isolate away from others um, at this point in time? Self-indulgence, though, it is, in, in, and of, in and of itself, it's not a bad thing, it, especially if you're using it to um, kind of self-care self -care a little bit. Say you've been um, doing a lot of things as far as work, social life, and um and for others, but to kind of focus back on yourself, because again, as I always say, um, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast, though, you are the number one priority of life. Um, and so self-indulgence in and of itself is not a completely bad thing if it's used right. So when you kind of notice yourself taking on this manner of self-indulgence, just kind of evaluate, kind of assess what is the self-indulgence about? Is it about me coming back to me because I'm the number one priority? Or is it me coming back to me 
to ignore everything else, if, if that makes sense. There, there's, there's, it's a thin gray line, but it, it's a slight difference of what this is. All right. So twos under stress um, go to eights, the unhealthy side of eights. They become resentful if they feel rejected. They tend to become egocentric and dominating. They become bossy and controlling. They position themselves to be at the center of situations so they can get attention. And they have outbursts and threaten to withdraw support when they are feeling unappreciated and overlooked. Um, I don't really have much to say on this one. It's kind of straightforward. Um, what I would say on this is if you're too, um, just, just kind of take a daily journal, uh, daily inventory really, of two things. I'm gonna give you a little practice that might be good for you to institute um, in your daily life. Take a journal and at the end of every day, write down um, how many times you felt rejected. And then of those times you felt rejected, how many times did you develop resentment for feeling rejected? So a thing we know about twos in general is twos are the helpers. They, they like to um, help other people um, for different reasons, but all really for the reasons of um, neglecting their own self-care, their own needs. Um, but twos like to help people. But as a two, if you notice that helping becoming more of a demanding thing, uh, and it's not hey, how can I help you? But hey, this is what you need. Let I'm going to help you and there's nothing you can stop me, do to stop me. That's, that's a sign of moving to that stress point because you're becoming dominating. You're becoming very bossy. You're, you're not listening to a person's needs, but you're rather saying, hey, this is your need. It may not even be that person's need. So if you notice that, um, Take a moment to breathe and say, hey, how can I come back to me? How can I come back to the healthy me? And also, if you're too, I, I would just suggest that another thing you take a daily journal of is all the times you wanted attention to be at the center of it all. Uh, and, and this is more like a Venn diagram um, journal, really. Because what I want you to do is, is to say, all right, here's all the times I want to be the center of attention. And say, why? Did I want to be the center of attention? Because I felt like nobody was paying attention to me. I felt... Um, Rejected, or, or I did. I want to be the center of attention because I rightfully deserve to be 
this is her intention. And there can be some that kind of overlap there. So that's why I said this one is more of a daily taking stock, taking inventory, and a Venn diagram perspective. Because there can be solely, oh, I, I deserve the attention for this because I worked hard and it was my job to showcase this project, but nobody really gave it any attention. That, that could be something that's in that column. Um, whereas, oh, I, I'm trying to help my friends, but they're not paying attention. That, that's more of a rejection column type of attention. But in both of those situations, they can kind of overlap a little bit in that manner, middle, to where they say, I've done the work, but you're not paying attention to me. I feel rejected. So, like I said, that's more of a daily inventory, taking stock in a Venn diagram perspective. All right, so let's talk about threes under stress, though. So, again, threes under stress move to type, the unhealthy size of type nines. Threes turn on autopilot, hoping to get through situations without being affected. They lose their focus and drive. They may become listless and shut down if stress, if stress is prolonged. They struggle with depression and begin to withdraw from people and projects. They wish others would leave them alone and give them space. What I would say for threes is do something that I do a lot of times. Um, and I'm not a three, I am an eight. But a lot of times what I notice, and this was um, especially during a time, in my, a time in my life where I was experiencing um, great moments of depression um, and I just wanted to be alone and isolated. A, a thing that I would force myself to do um, really is when I felt like I needed to isolate and just close the door or I felt in an unhealthy state I would literally and this is easier for me because I live on college campus in a dorm so I literally had friends up and down the hallway um, but I, I would literally force myself out of my room and go to to someone else and just sit there and talk for a moment um, could have been a few moments it could have been five minutes or less or five minutes or more but just kind of force yourself to talk to somebody, whether it's within your home or whether it's sending a text message or whether it's calling up a friend and saying, hey, um, I need someone to talk to right now, not in a great space. Or you don't even have to tell them that you're not in a great space. You just say, hey, I just want to talk to someone right now. Are, are you available to talk? Simple as that. that. That would be a great moment. All right, that's all I have for three. So I'm gonna go ahead and move on to fours who move to the unhealthy traits of twos. So fours under stress, defend their hurt feelings by withdrawing from people or withholding affection and attention. They become clingy when they feel they are losing connection. They overcompensate when they, are, when they feel they are losing connection by creating dependencies. They remind others of how much support they have given to them. They become more possessive of loved ones. What do I say of fours here? Um, don't. <laughs> um, that's kind of simplistic. I know it's not that simplistic. But
Well, what I say is simplistic. What, I, what I'm saying is don't allow yourself to become possessive and to begin this quid pro quo um, kind of thought of, hey, I've shown you all support. Now you deserve to serve me. Show me support or don't become possessive of people, but rather say, no, to fully live life, I must, I must take notice that not everybody is going to give me the same amount of attention or more attention that I gave them. Um, and then when it comes to being possessive of loved ones, I'm taking note and saying, in order for not only myself as a four, but also my loved ones to fully experience life, I must allow them to make connections outside of me because that's how we are holistically experiencing life when we connect outside of who we are and who our family is. It's, I say it simplistically as to say don't, but it's not that simplistic. It's more of a deep dive into holistic thinking of how do we experience life and what what is this disconnect of this stress point and experiencing life to the fullest and how can I connect the cables back per se all right so before we move on to the next five types let, let's talk about the growth of one, three, fours. So, ones go to the healthy side of sevens in security or in growth. They become less rigid and experience more freedom, flexibility, and spontaneity. They are more joyful and embrace abundance as they release the grip of perfectionism on their lives. They begin to see that all they do will be good even if it is not perfect. They allow themselves to go after what they want rather than what they should or must do. And they allow themselves to be curious and open-minded toward new possibilities. Honestly, I, I, I kind of admire Sevens as a whole um, to be able to just move on to another experience to kind of be happy with the next best thing. I mean, not dwelling in pain too much. But if you know, I also say that Sevens need to learn how to sit in the pain a little bit in previous podcast episodes, but that's a different story. Uh, but this is just a... When, when I think of ones and growth, it, it, it seems... Kind of like a movie moment where you're running in the um, sunflower seed, sunflower field, um, and the sun is shining. There's music, and you're just smiling, and it's kind of slow motion view. Um, that's kind of what I get when I when I think about ones of growth, because it, it it it's it's a beautiful picture of living life to the fullest. It's not being bogged down by the details and being I'm so worried that nothing is going to work out.
So it's just a great point. So for twos in growth, they go to the healthy side of fours. And what this means is that they become more self-accepting and loving toward themselves. They are more honest with themselves about what they are really feeling and thinking. They are able to support others without hoping to get something in return. They have a deeper connection and intimacy with others without fearing rejection. And they become more authentic, expressive, sensitive, and creative. What I think about this is that this is the... This is an experience. This is a view of the true depth of real connection. Of being wholly and fully present with another person. Being vulnerable enough to be fully connected and fully present with a person. That's what I think about when I think about twos and growth. Um, it's, not, it's not about how... How can I do this for you? How can what you can do for me? But it's about this shared vulnerable connection wholly with another person. It's amazing. It's beautiful, honestly. Threes go to the healthy sides of sixes. Threes become less competitive with others and less fearful of failure. They are able to relax and work with others towards shared goals and aspirations. They freely offer support and guidance to others. They learn the values. They learn the value of asking for help when needed, and they become more trusting of others. There's a phrase that comes to mind when I think about threes and growth, and it's teamwork makes the dreams work. And it's that simple. It's a beautiful noticing, it's a beautiful moment of noticing that. The more you do teamwork, the better the outcome. It's easy to make things happen on your own, but there's a lot more struggles. It's easy to make things happen with a team, but a lot less struggles. And why? Because when you have a team, there's different views, there's different aspects, different personalities helping solve problems. Um, and so... You're, you're not looking to yourself to solve a problem. And you're not counting on yourself. When it comes to problem solving, a one-person view is very limiting. Because we don't know, we, we don't have different cultural experiences, different academic experiences, different life experiences to solve a problem just alone by ourselves. But when you bring in a team of people, we got different cultures. We have different lifestyles and within this diversity of people there's things that somebody else has probably learned through their lifestyle that never even came up through our lifestyle because we just don't live that way so it's a great moment of experiencing life with connection to people but also that connection is helping us become more successful people. Alright, so fours in growth go to ones, the healthy side of ones. Fours become more self-accepting, 
they are able to relax and let go of emotional turbulence and trauma. They no longer indulge. They no longer indulge themselves to fulfill to feel the void of not achieving their full potential, and they become more objective, grounded, and practical. And they involve themselves in projects such as community service, politics, or environmental causes that engage their hearts and minds. So not much I have to say on this, but what I will say is this this shows me a difference in force because more often than not, what happens with force is that they say, like subconsciously rather, they say, what can I do to indulge into me, indulge into my wants, my desires, and my needs? But in this move to the healthy side of one, they're saying, how can I engage in the needs of others and help this world become a better place? So it's a it's a brighter, um, more weight, brighter vision of the future that involves not only the force but the f everyone around them. It's a good picture of whole holistic living I know I'm saying that phrase a lot in this episode but it's a, it's a good phrase and I, I've really become attuned to the phrase of holistic living and what that means and and um, how does that look within the Enneagram I am so grateful for everyone's support without you guys this podcast would not be possible but if you're not already subscribed to Enneagram Restored Podcast don't forget to follow and subscribe Enneagram Restored Podcast to be notified of each new episode that is released so let's talk about the other five members now and I'm going to try to move quickly because I am Cutting close on time here for this episode. So, I'm going to try to move a little bit more quickly to these five types, especially since there are more of them. Alright, types five. Type five moves to the unhealthy side of sevens and stress. Fives become nervous and high-strung. They become restless and hyperactive. Their minds begin to jump from one thing to another, causing them to feel scattered and out of control. They take on new projects, suddenly intend to overcommit, and they become very talkative, impulsive, and flighty. Um, I don't really have anything... new to say to this, new, new to add to this rather than saying something I've said many times before, even within the last couple of weeks of this podcast, is it would be great for a five to slow down, breathe, and say, what's here now? What are my current emotions, my current thoughts surrounding not only this situation, but just surrounding me as a 
person in general. Sixes under stress go to the unhealthy side of type three. Sixes jump into action and stay in action in an attempt to deal with their anxieties. Anxieties, they act as though everything is okay, even when they feel overwhelmed. They become task-oriented and highly efficient. They shut their feelings down so that they are able to become more productive and they become emotionally unstable. Um, a lot of this, this is again, kind of straight to the point. Um, um, let's see. I don't, I don't have anything right now for sixes on that. If I get something, I'll come back to sixes. Um, but sevens under stress um, go to the unhealthy traits of ones. They become hypercritical. They become more self-disciplined. They become frustrated, impatient, and irritable with, them, irritable with themselves and others. They begin to feel trapped and restricted as they attempt to gain order in their lives and control themselves. They become harsh and perfectionistic toward themselves and others when they are limited by time or feel they can't meet expectations. Um, for sevens, I, I would say throw the ball. What do I mean by throw the ball? You know, it's, it's kind of that moment of where in basketball, you, you're about to take the shot, but the shot clock is right now, and you got to throw the ball or um, I, gosh, I can't remember what happens in basketball. What happens after the shot clock runs out, if there's any penalties or not, or fouls, or if it changes possession of teams, if you don't throw the ball. Um, but in football, um, if the quarterback has the ball, uh, is and is not running it or does not pass the ball, they get fumbled and there's no yards gain. So throw the ball, get some yards on the field. Um, don't, don't don't stay in the backfield looking for the next best route to go. Just pick what you think is best in the moment. And it may not be the best pass overall. But for that play, it might be the thing that gives you the yardage that you need to get the touchdown. So, throw the ball. See what happens. Eights. Go to the unhealthy side of fives under stress. They retreat and seek isolation. They pull back from situations to assess and see how they can regain control. They may become unusually quiet, secretive, and isolated while they are processing how to deal with difficult situations. If under prolonged periods of stress, they, be, they may become cynical toward themselves, others, and life in general. Um...
because I am an eight and I know how true this is, this kind of feels, I, I hate discussing this a little bit, but um, it's part of what I do. So what I do though, as, as a, gosh, as an, an eight myself, what I do uh, oftentimes is, especially if I'm getting bad, um, I know it's a lot more uh, when I'm eating dinner with my friends because we go to dinner. Since I'm still in college, we go to dinner together every night, essentially. Um, I know it's a lot then because I'm not surrounded by technology and it's just people and food there. I know it's a lot. Um, I'm often isolated mentally um, thinking about situations in that moment, and so oftentimes what I'll try to do, I'll try to force myself into engage into the conversation and stay engaged and uh, not go back to thinking about situation, at least not until I get back alone. Um, and even then, I'll, I'll try to, I, I won't try to just immediately, when we get back to the dorm, get in my room and be alone. I, I'll try to um, stay with people Till I kind of reach that more healthy side of my typing, going back to the twos um, side. Um, but the quiet and the secretive part is so true. I'm guilty of it, um, especially as me. I am a very talkative person. If you can't tell how of how long. Um, these podcasts run and how many times I say, oh, I am running out of time, uh, as I am now. Um, I'm a very talkative person, sometimes with a lot of great points, but sometimes I just like to hear myself talk, so I rumble on. Um, but if you ever notice me get quiet, a lot of people do, and they say, and they say um, you okay? And it's a factual point of evaluation because if I am quiet, more than likely, I am stressed out. And I am trying to figure a situation out in my head. So, honestly, people don't know this when they tell me this, but I honestly like it when people notice it and they say, notice that I'm quieter than usual and say, are you okay? Because it, it helps me draw myself back into um, the here and the now. Um, it's, it's, it's a point of realization for me of, oh, I'm not engaged right now. I'm isolated. Even though I'm fully around a ton of people right now, I'm mentally isolated thinking about this situation. Thank you for asking me this question so I can draw myself back into engaging in the here and now. So if you're an eight, you could probably just, you could probably take it from what I do. Um, if not, adjust it or something. But yeah. Nines under stress. Go to the unhealthy side of sixes. Nines become worried, testy, and defensive. They begin to see other people as their source of frustration. They complain to anyone who will listen. They blame everyone else for their own distress. They may even express frustration with authority and feeling controlled or manipulated by them. What I would say for nines is ask yourself the question of what role do I play in creating the stress? 
And I would say the best way to center yourself back from this unhealthy side is to evaluate. Is there actually somebody to blame for your stress or is your stress solely self-imposed? Or is it a combination of both? I think that would be a great point of just drawing yourself back in a little bit. All right, so that's all the stress numbers. So let's talk about the five through nine growth numbers. If I can not let my cards fall out of order. All right. So fives go to the healthy side of eights and security and growth. They engage in deeper connection with others. They allow themselves to feel deeply. They willingly share their thoughts and opinions. They become more confident and they step into leadership roles with courage and wisdom. When I read that and when I think about fives and growth, I honestly get the picture of Simba and the Lion King of how he come, becomes this great goes from become being this like timid um i don't know what to do lion cub but then he becomes the self-confident and great king of the pride land that, that's the image i get in my mind when i i read and think about fives and growth and maybe you can take a point of evaluation from that because there's a lot of that's Great movie, in my opinion. It's been a while since I've watched all the Lion King. I need to go watch them. Um, but sixes and growth go to the healthy side of nines. I said that wrong. Fives go to the healthy side of eights. Sixes go to the healthy side of nines. Sixes relax and become less Hypervigilant, they accept life's ups and downs without feeling riddled with anxiety. They no longer second-guess everything. They grow in self-confidence and are able to lean into their own wisdom and discernment. They become more serene, grounded, joyous, light-hearted, and stable. I don't really have anything to say there, so move on to sevens and growth and sevens and growth move to the healthy side of fives sevens quiet their minds and are able to think more clearly they tap more deeply into their creative and create creativity and insight they follow through when it comes to their interests and passions and they become more productive and satisfied they also grow in confidence as they are able to synthesize information and make connections. Um, I don't really have anything for sevens there either, so move on to eights who go to the healthy side of twos in growth. They become more emotionally expressive. 
They are more generous with their time and resources. They are able to express how deeply they care for others. They long to support others. They seek justice and want to do good in the world. Um, I don't know if this is true for any other A's out there, but I know for me as an A, though, um, the ability to express how deeply I care for someone is like the toughest part of being in the girl stage. and But it's also like the most frequent part that is on my mind when I'm like just in a moment of growth. And it's like, I want to express this, but this might just be a Braylon thing because of um, not really being vulnerable at all as a kid um, and growing up and kind of holding on to that invulnerability. Um, so that might just be me thing, but I, I would caution any other eight to take notice of that. Of, is it tough for you to um, express your deep care for people um, even when you're in that healthy side of two? And lastly, type nines go to the healthy side of threes. They begin to see themselves as valuable. They see that they have something to contribute to the world. They understand that peace comes from fully showing up and sharing their gifts and talents with the world. They begin to invest in themselves as they realize they are worth the extra effort. They grow in confidence and believe they can accomplish what they set their minds to. I don't really have anything for nines either. Uh, in addition, th th this card is very succinct about what it says, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, it seems like it was just yesterday when I was planning on announcing that I was starting a podcast all about the eating ground. But it's been two years already. I mean, come on, man. It is just so unreal how much time flies. But I just want to take a moment out to say thank you for being an avid listener of any Grammar Store podcast. And although we're already in season three, this podcast is just getting started. So grab a cup of coffee and your journal and let's go on a journey of restoration together. I kind of talked about next steps as I was going through those. So um, just as a general next step, though, uh, before I close out this episode, as always, you know, I, I, I said it before and I'll say it again and again. I am a advocate for journaling. So for every each of the nine types, I would say find a point of evaluation that be, can become a routine of evaluating through journaling. Um, now, I would say at least journal about that point of evaluation for 30 days before you take on a new point of evaluation. And what do I mean by point of evaluation? So for me as an eight, it, it could be a point of evaluation could be um, What has caused me to become isolated, secretive, and quiet today? Evaluate that. And I would say keep. I would say thirty days because that that's um, thirty days would be a 
month it, it was for the most part and it's like all right so what in the next month how can i change this based on what i've journaled um When I say point evaluation, it's kind of like you're taking an audit. I talk about this um, in another episode. I can't remember what episode it was. I think it was episode three. I talked about auditing yourself. Um, but it's just saying, what is causing this? Journal about it. Reflect on it. This moment of self-reflection, that's it. Like I said, that's all that I have for today's episode of Any Grammar Start Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, next week's episode is going to be another special episode. Um, and it's going to be a fairly quick episode because I'm just going to give you a behind-the-scenes look on how I go from pre-production to post-production of this podcast, how it goes from idea to final product um, and what you hear here or see for your special guest episode so um, it's going to be a special episode don't miss it it's going to be quick um, and if you've just been kind of wondering um, in general how podcasts happen listen to the episode or especially if you've been wondering how I do this podcast this is the episode um, Every podcast is different on how they do things, um, but this episode will give you a good idea um, of how a semi-professional, or I would even still say I'm kind of a amateur podcaster, um, does things. So, but also don't forget to follow and subscribe to any Grammar Store podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And Instagram and be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because when you do leave a review, it helps the discoverability of the podcast and it says, hey, this is a good show. Others need to know about this. Or it says, hey, this is a horror show and nobody needs to know about this. But hopefully you say it's a good show and other people should know about this podcast. Um, so please, please leave a rate review. I would love it very much. Uh, but also, I want to, or something else I want to say, but I forgot what it was. So I'm just going to close out the show by saying, I want you to remember that the Enneagram doesn't define you, but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits. <laughs>